0: Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama of four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone. Today I'm here with Courtney. Courtney Thomas is on a mission to help women find their own inner Dolly Parton, which by the way, side note, Dolly is amazing. Like I love her so much. Like people may not know, but she like donated money to the Moderna vaccine. And like she, she, she created a video where she was singing when she was getting the the vaccine, uh, you know, a, a version of Jolene. But with vaccine instead of Jolene. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> She's a national treasure treasure. And, and really you know, she is. Yeah, she really is. Uh, so through guided self-discovery work and coaching, Courtney helps women see themselves so they can trust themselves in every choice they make for their bodies, lives, and businesses on the daily. Everyone needs the blunt, but kind reminder that the only right way to do something is the way that works for you. I like blunt reminders. Yeah. <laughs> I need them sometimes somebody to just call me out on my bullshit and be like, nope, come on, get it together, Megan. Just come on. Uh so with her background in fitness and life coaching, Courtney has a gift for understanding all kinds of people, building instant rapport and saying what she means without being mean. She helps women cut through the fluff to the conversations that matter there aren't confetti cannons around here, but there's a whole lot of grit and growth. I like confetti cannons. I I just want both. (laughs) When she's not coaching, Courtney enjoys bicep curls and hiking fueled by cake in Denver, Colorado, where she lives with her husband, dog, and cat. Yes. I'm going to, I live in Connecticut and, um, the pandemic hit not long after I moved here, mm-hmm. and so I am excited to get out and explore more, um, especially when I get my vaccine because yeah. uh, here it opens April first. That anybody above the age of eighteen. So I'm like, I will be on that website signing up. Like, yeah. give it to me now. Fantastic. Um, my birthday's in June, and so my goal is to have be fully immune or have both vaccines. And I've built my immunity by my birthday. Not that I'm doing anything,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you will have the potential to do so by yes, then. Yes. <laughs> that's what I really want. That's
0: what I miss is having the option to do things. Yeah. like It's not even about doing things because I'm an introvert. I don't do a lot of things, but I want the option to do the things.
1: Yeah. Oh, so true.
0: <laughs> uh, so Courtney, thank you for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. So today we are going to talk about cutting ties with people, Mm. uh, which is something I I'm pumped about because I've cut lots of ties, (laughs) just a tie cutter all around. Um, So I would love for you to share your story of like, what happened? Where did this come from? Mm. Why this topic? Mm.
1: You know, it's funny. um, And and I mean, I know we were just kind of talking about this a minute ago. It's something that like, it's such a weird topic that so many people don't talk about. And I know even for me, like I'm pretty open with it, but not like publicly because like, there's still like a weird thing about it. Like I talk to my clients and my friends often about really like what happens in relationships. And like, I'm an example. It's okay. If you're feeling this way, like, you know, this is actually a normal thing. And, um, it's really interesting that I attract people like that. And you know, who have similar experiences in, like in my life, but it still has like a weird stigma to even like yeah. talk about cutting ties, breaking relationships on purpose, you know, especially things like if that. it's family. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, like it is a whole thing. And it's funny because like at this point, and I don't know, we'll probably get into this, but at this point, like it, it just almost like makes me angry at, at some points, like how much like people just don't, it's just like, don't want to look at it at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, um, for me, like, I'll say this, like, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, I've always been pretty, like pretty free with the, like, "Mm, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I need to be here anymore. I don't think, I don't think you're it for me. Like friendships, you know, like I never had any trouble just kind of saying like, huh, well, yeah, that, that isn't it. So I'm not going to waste my time, you know, trying to like be liked by this person or, you know, whatever. Like I. I, for better or worse, I guess have like, you know, not really struggled with that too much in a lot of yeah. things. Um, but like a lot of people in, you know, American culture, family is like this weird thing. Yeah, you know, like it's its own animal that we have so many like cultural societal expectations around that. Right. That even though it's not something that, um, you know, I really, it felt you know, super traditional about or experienced that with my own family or whatever, I still like felt the tug about it, you know, like to just kind of like, just be like a mainstream person, you know? <laughs> um, so I will say that, um, for probably, you know, I mean a good, uh, you know, a majority of my life at this point, right. Like i until probably my early thirties. Um, I definitely like you know, kind of try to like, just roll that way. Like, you know, kind of fit in the mold of like, Oh yeah. Like my family's important and we're close and blah, blah, blah. Like, so
0: blood is thicker than water. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Even though, like you said, it was a very like non-traditional family thing. What's really interesting is that like in the last, so it's been, um, probably five or six years that I have started to see things with like a different lens Mm -hmm. to like say, Wait a second, like I think there's some really problematic things here. And like this isn't actually about me. And also I can make different decisions based on this with this new information. Um, and just kind of stepping outside of that bubble to like look inside of it and say, Whoa, like some of this is really effed up, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> um, and I feel like once you kind of start that journey, then Like everything changes. It's like a, once you see it, you can't unsee it type of
0: thing. It's like you pull the string and everything unravels. You're like,
1: holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of for background, like I, um, so for a long time, it was like, I would kind of call it like, it was me and my mom. Like I was really close with her. Um, so she like, I've, I've also, I've never met my birth father. The story she tells is that like they were friends she got pregnant like they got married and they probably never should have done that cuz they were like just really good friends right so um whatever she got pregnant she, like they already decided like it wasn't going to work out so she was going to move she had met somebody else she was going to move with him and apparently my my birth father was like well like if i can't be in her life then i don't want to like be at like at all and so she you know left and whatever and i never met him that's the story. There are lots of questions around that.
0: Who, who knows? Right?
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I've never met my birth father. So for a while, it was pretty much just me and my mom. Um, she, like I said, she did get married then to this, this guy. And that also didn't work out after several years, but he kind of stayed in my life as like a father figure a little bit. What, um, so my early years that I do remember a lot of like You know, we like lived in this like little crappy duplex and like had this like really like, I grew up in a super small town in Northern Wisconsin, like but a thousand people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, I always say it was like the type of town where people knew what color your underwear were before you left the house in the morning. Yes. Like just everybody knew everybody's (laughs) business kind of a thing. So we were really tight. Cause it was kind of just the two of us. And, you know, I mean, it's we, like we were poor and like, you know, she was hustling for work and, you know, all this kind of stuff, but it was just kind of that, you know, simple life kind of a thing. And then she met my stepdad when I was about four, four or five years old. And, um, he then has been, they're still together, you know, so it's been whatever, 30 years or something like that. So they got together and he had been, you know, married and divorced. His sons were like, at the time, like high school and college. And like I said, I was like five. So like big difference there. Right. Um, so we weren't really like, we never lived in the same house. Like we're in close, all that kind of stuff. And like, this is kind of where like, it's, it's really interesting. Like I said, kind of looking back that it was still very much like the two of us were tight, but like she was with him. And then there was a whole other dynamic of like, there was like a, a jealousy of my relationship with her. And he was like, possess- it, it was like a really weird thing. Um, and then two on my, so I really kind of only know one side of my family and then obviously my step-family, um, and my mom has two brothers. So two, um, two uncles and like my grandma, um, along the line, like, I mean, obviously I have a grandpa and he has like his, uh, new wife too. Like there's a lot of like divorce and, you know, whatever, like there a lot you. of STEMs in you. my family.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and along the way too, probably when I was like elementary, middle school, Um, my mom and her dad quit talking and there was a bunch of drama there and all kinds of stuff, whatever. Um, my grandma is a very, I would describe her as stoic, you know, she's kind of a, like she was always, we were, we were fairly close, but like still, she's just kind of like a distant, um, you know, type of person. And my uncles were kind of the same, like it was all very like, (laughs) We just weren't that family that was like, oh, you know, like Sunday dinner, and then everybody really liked it. <laughs> right. like very, you know, it was never like that. So, I already kind of had that basis, and um, my step family was kind of the same to where people like, you know, like they got together and stuff. But like my stepdad had gone through periods where he had, um, you know, like totally not talked to his parents or not talked to his sister for six years or you know, like stuff like that. So right. it just was like, it was somewhat normalized that people were not like you know that really super nuclear family unit yeah so um fast forward like i said to my 30s and like kind of come to find out like maybe there was some some interesting stuff going on that was like not super healthy you know between me and my mom especially and like how our relationship was and like how like essentially you know, through several years of therapy or whatever, like kind of come to find out it was like super, like, you know, emotionally codependent on her end, like really narcissistic, manipulative, lots of passive aggressive stuff. Like all of this sounds like my mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, you know, there were times before, you know, I did cut ties where it was like, I would, I would, you know, kind of distance myself and, you know, increase boundaries and that kind of a thing. And just be met with a total, like, Mm -hmm. like, what's going on? Like all this stuff. And I was like, dude, you are, I'll do better. And then they don't (laughs) like, oh my God, like, whoa, (laughs) you know? And, um, you know, so plenty of, plenty of processing and then arrived at that as the best decision. Just like, this is not a game I'm going to play anymore. Like, I mean, there were a couple of, a couple of instances. It's just like, like I said, that was, there were a couple of things that really, um, like just change the lens. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. There are issues here. And you know, like, it kind of sounds like you had a similar experience yeah. to where then down the line, you accumulate enough of those to where you're like, no. no, if this was literally anybody else in my life, any other kind of relationship, I would never allow this to happen. I would never allow anybody to treat me or my loved ones this way, my chosen right. family or whatever never happened. So, you know, I'm out. <laughs>
0: No, I feel you. Uh, I caught my mom off twice. The second time has stuck for a while. I think yeah. it's been a couple years. Like, yeah, it's, this summer will be two years. Um, but yeah, my mom, I, through therapy, mm-hmm. I've come to realize Helpful. my mom is a very toxic individual to me not to everybody. And a lot of people can't understand this. Like my grandparents who are her parents can't understand this, why would you cut off your mom? You know? And in this time I said, mom, if you go and seek therapy and you get help and things change, I'll let you back in my life. But until then, no, it's been two years. The woman's still not in therapy. So here we are. But the first time, like, yeah, you said manipulative. She was Mm. always throwing my past in my face. Mm. She couldn't give me a compliment without having like that. But attached to it yeah yeah so like i cut her off i also cut my dad off him and i've had a tumultuous relationship um ever since uh he kicked me out when i was a teenager Mm. just because i wasn't perfect literally and i i don't and i don't say that like like I don't mean that like uh, just offhanded. He literally said I fell from grace. <laughs>
1: like wow.
0: Yeah. And then he cut me off for like 2 years when I got pregnant with my daughter. I was a teen mom. Ugh. Uh we talked again for a while and then like he was just being an asshole and I was like, "You know what? I don't need this."
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: What I don't need this. Yeah. And, and so both of them, I don't talk to either one of my parents. My dad respects the fact that I don't talk to him. He's sure. never tried to like text me, call me, email me, like send me letters. nothing, nothing. He's just very, mm-hmm. which I'm like, maybe I'll talk to him eventually because he's so respectful. My mom. No, I've had to block her on my phone. I've had to block yes. her on social media. Yep. Yep. She still sends me letters. Oh my God. <laughs> We're having the same thing.
1: <laughs> I'm like, the mail is the one thing I can't block her. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Oh, <laughs> it is. It is so, so. And, and too like, what's really interesting is again, like I, I, so I go back and forth on this because again, like you said, it's such a, it's such a thing that like, anytime you do kind of get vulnerable enough to like talk about this to anybody, you sort of can like sometimes feel that thing of like, really? Oh my God. Like, are you sure? And I'm yeah. like, yes. And then I'm like, well, well, am I sure? And then I, you know, call my therapist and I'm like, am right. I sure? and you know you, Like, luckily I, I have had a couple of really good therapists. Like one, I will say the, the most helpful thing that I ever did, which I don't know if you've done this or like if any listeners have, but it was so beneficial to me. Um, was she did a family tree so we spent like oh. probably three sessions, three hour long sessions. Basically. She just asked me like, what is your family? Who's in your family? What are their relationships? Tell me about them. Oh yeah. Mine did so too. Yeah. I had to like, kind of think like, well, what is, you know, what was my uncle like, and what was this uncle like, and what was this step, you know, person like, and whatever. And the, like what I gleaned from that, um, was because a lot of it was kind of like, oh, this person was this and that and whatever. But like, there were a lot of, there were a lot of broken relationships. So like, there were a few things that I gleaned from it. One, there's just a lot of divorce and conflict within my family. Um, there was a ton of substance abuse, a ton, Mm -hmm. like basically almost everybody in my entire family is an alcoholic, like diagnosed or undiagnosed, whatever. Like they're, they're pretty much all alcoholics. I it's acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like totally normal because everybody just been drinks every other night. Like, right. So, um, that was a huge thing. Um, and then too much of the conflict and like the kind of stuff that like had little check marks within the lines and stuff like that, it all led back to one person. And I'll let you guess who that was. Right? Uh, um, so <laughs> I, cause I mean, she physically like drew on a piece of paper, like, you know, names and lines and dotted lines and squiggly lines and whatever. And like, when you looked at it visually, it was like, there is one person who creates the drama and the conflict and the, all of the weirdness and you're not the only one feeling this. Yeah. I was just blown away, you know, because like, also when you're so close to a person like that, you sometimes like you get wrapped up in like, oh, well, it's the other person who's the problem. Or it was the other person who did the thing that that was the, you know, that was the issue. It's their thing. It's not because they're always the victim,
0: like always the victim.
1: I know. And I, you know, I mean, I never, I never saw it, even though like sometimes I was like literally in the middle of it. Like, um, I'll say like, so for my wedding, Um, my husband and I chose to go down to new Orleans and get married there. And so it was like really small and we pretty much just invited, you know, like immediate family and some of my best friends and, um, two things like one, we, I had always been pretty close to one of my uncles and his wife. And they like, you know, like when my parents were out of town, I would stay at their house. Like, you know, they would take care of me, whatever. They didn't have kids. Like, so I kind of was like a, you know, like a pseudo kid, you know, like niece kind of thing. Um, and the first thing was that like, so they were invited and I, like I said, I was under the assumption that we were like fairly close and you know, whatever. Well, they had like gone on another trip earlier that year and literally told my mom, like, Oh, uh, we just did this. So like, mm, we're not going to go on another oh. thing. And I was like, but for my, my wedding, like, and she was like, all heard about it and I was like, Well, I mean that sucks and that's shitty, but like I said, like I'm better at cutting ties, <laughs> like sure. or just kind of leaving it lie. And she like kind of asked them and she was like, but, you know, I really thought that you all were close and like, you kind of cared about Courtney as, you know, almost like a, like a child, like family, you know? And they were like, "Mm, no, we never really felt that way. Like they straight up told her like, no, that wasn't really it. And I was like, okay, well that's, that's done for me then what? Like, I just spent 25 years of my life, like thinking, you know, these are people who cared about me? And like, they don't even want to come to my wedding. Like we don't have that big of a family. Not that many people are ever going to get married, you know, it's right. like, real weird. <laughs> um, and then too, kind of extending from that, there was like some extra drama with like that aunt and I don't know my mom and something and my grandma. So my mom's mom was like, it basically was kind of almost like this not a confrontation or like a choice or whatever, but it sort of like landed in this way to where it was kind of like, well, either, you know, my mom's right. Or my aunt is right. Whatever. And my grandma sided with my aunt and like, you know, of course my mom's like devastated or whatever. There was, I can't even remember what it is. Like said, so like this shit is right. just so like, I bet she remembers stupid. What it is. Oh my God. I'm sure she remembers every <laughs> single little detail. But, you know, I, again, being me was like, oh, well, screw them then. You know, like, right. you know, like I, I take my mom's side and, um, you know, looking back, I'm like, why didn't I like ask more questions and be like, what is this even about? You know, like, <laughs> instead of just automatically saying like, oh yeah, like she, like you said, she's the victim and all of that stuff. Um, but like, that was kind of, some of that stuff was, you know, really like started to like get that ball rolling of like, what, a I mean, you know, what a mess. And like, also at the same time, like just really realizing, um, how many of my choices, like kind of weren't my own. And then when they were like, all of a sudden now I'm, you know, now I'm wrong about anything, everything. And I can't take, can't take care of myself and, you know, like that kind of thing. And just not respecting my choices at all, you know, like even with my husband, you know, so I, I have a pretty big age gap with my husband. And, um, there was, as you can imagine, a whole bunch of stuff around that too, like, Oh, he's stealing your youth. And what are you doing? And like, you have daddy issues and all this stuff. And like, again, come to find out like through therapy, like, yeah. uh Uh-huh. And some of that was because (laughs) of your choices. Like, you know, like I, um, you know, really like went through phases of, um, you know, just really bad, bad stuff, you know, with my stepdad. And then once I was an adult, then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I was okay. You know what I mean? Like in his eyes, kind of a thing. Right now that too, like I look back and I'm like, wait a second, like that's some bullshit. Like that's not, I mean, you can't just like decide not to parent a young child until they're 25. Like that's (laughs) not how this works. But again, my therapist really helped me to see that. Like basically like he chose not to be a parent even though he was like, like, and it it just, so some of that stuff was like really interesting. That was like, wait a second, don't put that on me. Like, you know, I mean, he obviously was part of it too. And, you know, so it kind of came to this thing to where I was like, oh, you know, well, everything's fine. Yeah. We get along now. And then I was like, wait a friggin' minute. Like, no, (laughs) you can't just like, all of a sudden say, that's all fine. And then, you know, and the next thing he's telling literally my husband, like, oh yeah, she has issues. And I'm like, wow, okay. Like, I'm really not cool with how all of this is going, you know? And, um, yeah, just, just kind of like the more of that stuff started happening and, and like you, like lots of, passive aggressive comments and all of that stuff. You know, like I d- I'm childless by choice. Like I have no interest in having children. And there was a lot of stuff that was like, Oh, well, that must be because of, you know, your husband oh, or whatever. Lord. And I was like, no, no, it's really not. It's just that again, I realized I was doing things or thinking of things in a way that I thought that I should be. And that's not right. who I am. And now I'm really realizing like, wait a second, what do I want? Or what do I not want? And like, quit questioning every single choice that I'm making. Like, oh my gosh, one more thing about like, oh, like, I think it's so great that you're doing your thing and living your life and whatever. And then in the next breath, like so-and-so's kid is like so cute. And they come by the garden store all the time and the blah and the whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, like you really don't think
0: that people see this anymore. Like it wouldn't improve if you had children because I have children and my mom, when I had a relationship with her would just tell me how I should raise my children. I was always doing it wrong like everything was wrong. How come I don't have this? And then she'd be like, I helped raise Car- Carmel. as my oldest daughter. I helped raise Carmel. Like I'm practically her parent. You didn't know how to parent. I'm like, cause I was 16. Nice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> whose parenting like led me to the path of getting pregnant at 16. It wasn't my oh. wife. my daughter's turning 18 this weekend and guess who's not pregnant (laughs) yeah
1: there you go
0: like but like I look back and I'm like dude the night I got pregnant was at a party my mom literally didn't walk into the house to see like what was going on she just dropped me off my friend's parents were like smoking weed and drunk off their ass when she dropped me off like what kind of parent does that (laughs)
1: Yeah, there, I, I often go back and forth, um, with like the idea of sometimes forgiveness comes into play, but not always. Um, but just this idea of like, I do truly believe that most parents do the best they can with what they have. Right. Right. And I will always, you know, I will always believe that and know that to be true for sure. You know, like I have respect for where I came from and all of that. It's all complicated, but that also doesn't mean that we have to stay in that cycle. Right. right? So to your point, you know, like. Who does that? And I have a lot of stuff like that too. To where it was like, you know, out of one side, she's like trying to be strict and whatever, and then the next side, she's like literally asking me about sex with my boyfriend, and I'm like, what kind of, like you said, like what kind of fucking mom are you? Or telling like, what me About this? her
0: sex life? Like that's oh, what oh, I live through. Oh my through. god,
1: so much. <laughs> oh,
0: like, I don't need to know. I don't
1: how, like seriously. How how? Oh, this is, like the absolute worst. Like the, I mean. Huh? Uh, yeah. I can't like specifically, like I can remember when I was in college, like that's when it really just like, cause I, apparently then I was just like an adult and we were just like buds right. then. And then I could like know everything and she would mm. want to know everything. And I was like, that's disgusting. It's yeah. disturbing. Like there should be, again, like there need to be boundaries between this right. and like that doesn't exist. And like, whoa, no, I don't, I don't want to know about anything that you are doing anywhere. <laughs> like, And you don't deserve to know about what I'm doing. That's not, that's not a thing. You know, like we have separate lives and, oh God. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's because they're dysfunctional. And like, you were talking about the tree and I was like, Oh yeah. My therapist was like, your mom is totally codependent with your grandparents yeah, and everybody babies, your mom, they babied her like when she was younger because she was the youngest. And then now she has like, uh, well, when I was younger, when I was 15, 16, she, we found out she had um, a disease called moe moe. Well, all the, all the arteries in the back of her neck have Collapse and she had a brain surgery so now it's like uber yeah. victim mode and my grandparents yeah. literally when I cut off my mom are like you know she's sick right and her disease caused her to do things and you need to like just like accept that and I'm like no no I don't she's a full grown adult and she's been doing this for a very long time like yeah. since I was a child so I do not need to just accept this. And the woman yeah. has mental health issues, and I don't say that lightly because I have my own, but the That's fact great, that yeah. she, you know, she has done things in the past that have caused her to be hospitalized. Um, for mental health issues, like yeah, you know you have issues and you're not going to seek help. like I can't help you. Like if you can't take responsibility for your life and your stuff when you're like in your mid50s, no, I'm good. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's well, like gotten so interesting with like where my process has been. So I think it'll be f- maybe four years, four or five years this summer for me. Um, so I it's funny because it recently came back. Um it, well, because okay, so unfortunately I'm same as you. Like I just like blocked absolutely everything. And then what I kind of had to do, which like sometimes this goes back and forth for me too, but like I also had to then like literally block anybody who she had access to. Right. So that because like the thing really became like she just had way too much access to my life. Right. Cause I live on the internet. Like I've, I'm i a virtual yeah. coach. Like I've been, I live like, on I blog, the internet. Too, yeah. I do all of this stuff. Like and I was on social media at the time, whatever. Like so it would be, you know, even if it, even once I blocked her from stuff, then if it was like, cousins or, you know, like whatever, like periphery people, she could ask them about me. They didn't know where our relationship stood. So they didn't know that they were like letting her in, in a way that I didn't want. Right. Anyway. So I basically had to cut off literally everyone. So, um, you know, in, in doing that, unfortunately, like the one like you said, mail is a weird channel. Like, oh my god, why like, like disguised handwriting the, from like the, disguised right. addresses? That is weird, man. No,
0: how she did it to me is so she still has a relationship with my oldest daughter, which I mean, my, my daughter's gonna be 18. That's her choice. She gets right. she, she's gonna be a full-grown adult this weekend. I whatever. She do she does her. I'm not going to tell her she can yeah. have a relationship with. She sent my daughter something and put a letter to me in it. That's what she did. Like, Ugh. And my daughter reads it and she's like, it's not that bad because she doesn't get it. Yeah. And then I read it and I get triggered because I'm like, no, she's yep. being uber manipulative. Mm-hmm. She's talking about like, we don't know how long we have with everything going mm-hmm. on. And I would just like a relationship with my grandchildren and You know, I I don't know how much time I have in this world. I'm not saying I'm going to die, but... (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) you know and she's like I know that I I, you know I've been through a lot of things and that's the part of the reason that I am the way I am we all go through things and she's like totally trying to play it off like she's not responsible for how she is it's all these other things and it's always Mm -hmm. been all these other things it's been boyfriends it's been friends like so many relationships with her have ended and I'm like, you know, there's a common denominator. You can't right? tell me that all these people are horrible individuals and you are just a good human being. Like, yeah. that's not how that works.
1: Yeah. 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 So like that, that's like the one thing. And then e- my email, cause my email is public. Right. So like every oh. so often, yeah, I'll get an email and like the last one, most of the time I just delete them. Um, but like the, I got, so she sent me something like a few months ago and literally the title of it was like, don't delete this, you know? <laughs> and I was like, I went back and forth and I was like, oh, motherfucker, like, you know, I gonna open this or not or whatever. And I, like, I, I read it and I read it and I read it and then I like went and so I use virtual therapy. So like I did like yeah. record audios and type and stuff. And I like kind of talked through it a little bit and I was like, I feel like really what I'm seeing here is like the same as, as usual. And like, just tell me if I'm so biased right now that I, you know, like that I still have my own stuff. Like, and so I copied and pasted the whole thing in there. And my therapist was like, no, this is really manipulative. This is really really manipulative. And it was like all this stuff, which I don't know if, if this is kind of what you get to, but like what has like over the years been kind of the thing is again, like, so, you know, I'm in coaching, right? Like I'm often like, helping people to, you know, reflect and to Mm -hmm. kind of be their mirror and to ask the tough questions and to, you know, kind of force them not only to go within themselves, but to, you know, really like kind of look at these difficult relationships and conversations and stuff like that. And she basically like over the years has essentially accused me of like, you, like you say all this stuff and like, you're not doing any of it because you won't talk to me. And I'm like, okay, that is like super freaking oversimplifying the whole thing. Right. Like, cause that's, that's not true. Like I have done all this processing. I, you know, I'm going through all this stuff. And so it caused me to look back and, um, see what I initially had sent her in the email where I did cut contact because I was like real afraid that I was like, you know what, maybe it's been a few years. Maybe I need to revisit this. Maybe I need to redraw these lines. Maybe I need to say, like, well, you know, here's where this stands today, and, you know, whatever. And I look back. And I read that and I read that and I read that over again. And I was like, no, all of this still feels exactly the same. It also feels very clear. It right. feels very much like, here's where we've gotten, here's what's happening. You know, here's the decision. And please don't email me anymore. Please don't contact me.
0: Yeah. And um, that's what mine said too. It was don't, yeah. I literally laid it out. Don't email me. Don't con- like, yeah. don't message me. Don't text me. Don't call me. Don't all of these things. And I clearly laid out until you get like you go and see a therapist and you get help with these issues and you take responsibility for what you're going through. I cannot have a relationship with yeah. you. Please don't contact me. And she has not listened to those boundaries at all. Like yeah. I typed it up. So I have it on my computer right. and my husband was like, you need to write out these boundaries. Yeah. And that's what I did when I first let her back in the first time I caught her right. off. Mm-hmm. And she, it was good for like six months to a year. Ugh. And then it all went downhill again. But like, yeah. he was like, if you tell her, like, if you call her, she's going to twist it into something. Yep. It's not, if you have this as proof that this is what you said, then when she says something, you'd be like, Nope, here it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I mean, cause I'm not, I'm not above like, you know, saying I was wrong or revisiting something right, or whatever. Same. And that's again, why I kind of continue to like, well, revisit it, you know, and like, make sure like, Maybe there you know, maybe it's time for a change or whatever. And I keep coming back to no. It's it's it it's a no, um, but it's a for certain like, you know, because I do a lot of visualizing, I don't know if you do to where I'm like, okay, if I did say, you know, like you said, okay, now we're yeah. gonna draw some new boundaries and like maybe have some contact or whatever. Then I'm like, oh my God, no, I just I know exactly how all these people would act. And yeah, it would be like literally the reason why I didn't want to interact with them anymore. Um, but what's funny is this, this most recent one was like, <laughs> again, like our, our kind of main challenge is like her not knowing or seeing or understanding like what narcissism is. And, <laughs> um, uh, the whole thing was like all this stuff about, um, it basically was like, you know, I know you can, you have always been like a, you know, a fourth rate person and, you know, stand up for what you believe in. And, you know, like you're not afraid to, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Um, but like, basically just, this is downright cruel. And there's cruel. always a, but
0: always you're cruel. A but.
1: <laughs> and um, yeah. And then it was like, and but then the next thing that it went into was basically all this stuff about like, Now your stepdad and I have a wonderful marriage, and like it's great, and our life is so good. And my community, they love me and all of the volunteer stuff that I do. Everybody thinks I'm great. And like all of this stuff. People
0: aren't toxic to everybody.
1: It was like super like I like I'm so great, and I don't understand why you don't see how great I am. Like it was just like this whole justification of like. I don't know, just like everything. And then also saying, like, I, like you said, like you're the bad person because you don't see this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, like, that's how I interpreted it. And like I said, I was like, but am I just, am I being too harsh or too critical or whatever? And my therapist was like, no, actually this is really, really manipulative. This is definitely like pathological stuff of, you know, her seeing it through her challenges, you know, and she was like, you know, <laughs> cause I always am asking my therapist, like, do I need to like say this again? Like, do I need to say like, no, this is still where we are. Or, you know, again, like. I I don't know. It's kind of this feeling of like needing to defend myself again. And she always says probably exactly what you were just going to say. She was like, no, if you open that door, it's going to open the door. (sighs) No matter, even if you're opening the door to say this door is still closed and it's it's still going to open
0: the door. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Yeah.
1: She was like, no, I I don't think that you need to even do that at all. You know, like there's just no reason to, I was like, okay, all
0: right. I'm not,
1: I'm not out of my (laughs) mind here, you
0: know? Well, I mean, one of the reasons I let my mom back in my life The first time was because none of my family could understand my grandparents, my aunts, uncles, my own sister was like, what are you doing? You're being so mean to mom, because my mom and I had what happened is my mom and I had an argument. And then the next day she had a a seizure and ended up in their stroke and ended up in the hospital. And so every or later that day. And so everybody was like, oh, because you fought with your mom. She got stressed out and caused her to have a stroke. And my mom found out in the hospital That it was caused by her. She was in the ocean, like she was swimming in the ocean. It was caused because her brain's smaller. Because of her her disease, her brain smaller than the normal brain. So when she was in the waves, her brain was bouncing around in oh, her skull, yeah. and that's what caused the stroke. But everybody it was me, and she didn't tell a freaking soul for like a year that she found out in the hospital that it wasn't because of me. And that whole year, I didn't talk to her. Like she didn't tell anybody until I started talking to her again. And my sister couldn't understand it. Everybody was like, you know, she forgives you for. Um, for you causing her stroke after your argument, all this stuff. And so I was heartbroken because my sister and I are super close, super close. So I let her back in and I laid it all out. But over the years, I continued to tell my sister what she was doing. And I was very, very transparent. So this time when I cut her off, my sister was like, Nope, I understand why Megan cut you off. Like I support this decision. And the only people that really don't, my cousins do, but my grandparents, no, absolutely. No, I can't even see my grand. I mean, I can't see my grandparents right now because COVID, but like they got the the immunization and everybody's like, you should go see them. We don't know how long they have. And I was like, I know if I go, like, I'm going to stress them out because they're going to argue with me about having a relationship with my mom. And so I'm protecting not my, just myself, but them, because my grand grandmother has just had heart uh, surgery. And I was like, I'm going to stress her out. She'll probably die. And then I will be blamed (laughs) for her death. (laughs) So I'm choosing not to go see her because I can't go see them unless my husband's with me because he's the buffer and he will like change the, the topic. And, and they love to hear about his life and what he does because he's the amazing human being that saved Megan. And he's done all this. I'm a, I'm a better person because of him. Like, oh no, they think he is like the bee's knees and that I am just this wreck of a human. (laughs) See that too is like,
1: oh, it's such an interesting dynamic of like, okay, like again, this whole like blood family thing and whatever. And then you're literally basically saying like, okay, this family person is trash, but like, thank goodness for this outside savior. Like what? what? Listen yeah. to what you're
0: saying. I know. <laughs> oh my God. It's it's wild. It's wild because I, well, when I found out I was bipolar, um, I told my mom and she's like, we always knew something was off with you. We just oh said God. that that was just being Megan. And so this is their, like, this is what they think in their head is Megan is this mentally ill massive human. And because of her husband, which, you know, he's an amazing human being and he's definitely helped me, but like, because her husband is the reason that she is a better person. And this is all my mom, like my mom. (laughs) this is. So I'm sure she's telling people my daughter doesn't talk to me because she is mentally. ill. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: see, mine is like, kind of not the opposite, but like very much like, oh, well, you know, like her husband is the one, he was the one who like, you know, like made oh, her not talk to us or, you know, like he's the wedge. Yeah. He's the bad per, He's the bad guy kind of a thing. But, um, you know, it, again, like I, I. I've worked through that in therapy too. Like, well, is there something to that? And then I'm like, no, man. He Uh, was the one who encouraged the lens, actually. He was the one who said, because he was an outsider. He wasn't part of it, you know, who was like, hey, did you notice this? And then I. Yeah, my husband too. No, I didn't notice that at all. And then I noticed it, you know. So, like, it was not that he, like, you know, took me away from my family or isolated me or like any of this stuff. He kind of just, like, opened up my, like a little bit of my eyes to say like, Oh, there's some, there's some stuff happening here. And it's also stuff that I don't want to engage in. Like, I don't want
0: to,
1: I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And again, like if it were anybody else, I wouldn't. So how is that different? You know?
0: Right. No, my husband, uh, when I I came out of therapy and I was like, Oh my gosh, you'll never guess what I figured out. And he was like, yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. Isn't that weird? I've
1: had the same experience to where you know, like sometimes it totally takes that like different person, you know, like, and those are the moments when I do just absolutely love my husband because he doesn't, he doesn't want to be like involved in it. Like he doesn't want to have influence and he's super, he's always been so clear about that. Like where he is super neutral. He has no influence whatsoever. Like he wants to be very clear about that. Um, And then, like you said, like, I'll come home and be like, oh my God. And he'll then kind of like sheepishly be like, I know, honey, I know (laughs) I knew, you know, like I, but I wasn't going to get involved, you know? So that whole like story of like, well, it's his fault and blah, blah, blah. He's been pushing you or pulling you or whatever. I'm like, no, like he's actually refuses to, he doesn't want to, you know, be a person who has any impact on that. It's been all me like, so yeah um and really lovely mental health professionals thank you <laughs> <laughs>
0: um this so as we wrap up the podcast today i know it goes by super fast yeah. this has been a great conversation and hopefully it inspires people to set those boundaries and and know that it's okay like to cut family members off if that is necessary for your own health and well-being like you can make a family anywhere like your friends oh, can become yes. your family like everybody like it family doesn't have to be blood, right? Like just no. cause you birthed me doesn't mean yeah. you have full access to my life. Yep. Um, so what would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? Oh,
1: I would just echo that so much. Like one, I would say like, if you have any of these feelings or situations or questions or whatever, like talk to people about it, like open up about it because what's, what's weird is that, you know, I, I think I mentioned, like, I haven't really publicly had this conversation, but I have with a lot of people in my life, um, when they sort of just give one little kernel of like, well, I sort to of have this thing going on or, you know, they casually say like, well, I don't really talk to my family and I open up about it then. And then all of a sudden it kind of comes out that way more people than you think have these challenging family situations. And I think we need to normalize that. So like be okay with like getting a little vulnerable with obviously people you trust and feel safe with who like, at least like to some level, aren't going to judge the heck out of you because you know, whatever, like I hope, you know, I mean, I hope you have some people in your life that feel safe to talk about things or, you know, again, like obviously therapists or whatever, but, um, I just really strongly believe that it's time to start normalizing this stuff because I think that there are way more people who have like really just broken relationships with their families, but it they like everybody masks it over on the surface. Like everything's fine. And like you said, like, Oh, we go to Sunday dinner and like, everybody's great and whatever. Meanwhile, it's just crushing and, um, people feel too, too much pressure to stay in these, like you said, like toxic for them relationships. And, there's a weird stigma around family stuff, but I think more people than we expect are, you know, could, could find some solace in finding people like us and, you know, just like feeling, feeling okay. Like there's nothing wrong with me. Um, and again, like we've been saying, you can, you can choose your family and you don't have to choose the family that just has a bloodline. Like that's not (laughs) right. That doesn't mean that they're automatically great people for you. So, um, I think talk about it and Yeah. Yeah. Just know like you're okay. It's okay. (laughs) Like,
0: Oh, it's okay. (laughs) Well, Courtney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is, this is good to talk
0: about it.